Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt. Yes, the haymaker. Can you hear me? I can hear you, my good man. I can hear you. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? Chilling in the hotel? Chilling in the hotel. I've been downstairs since... Uh, I've been downstairs since... Since I was let out of my room. I went downstairs... Uh, we're next door to the SSE Arena in Wembley, and I've been doing media all day long. I stopped a couple of times to eat some food, but I've literally just got back to my room since I've been let out. I think it's about 11, 12 o'clock today I was let out, so the full, full, full day of graft. Good, full day so, of so, you've been, so have you been in like a bit of a bubble lockdown? Did you have to, did you have to quarantine for so many hours in your hotel room yeah, when you got there? Yeah, yeah, yesterday I got in at... I got here, I think it was 11 o'clock, mm. about 11 o'clock, and uh, they had to do a COVID test, and then we had to stay inside our room until the results of that came in, and it normally takes roughly around 24 hours, mine's like 22 hours or so, but Derek, yeah. Derek the, the donut decided to do his own <laughs> COVID test, so there's a woman, a nurse, a, a doctor, or whatever she was, a practitioner of some description. She was mm. supposed to do the test with a swab up the nose, but he decided, no, I'll do that, put up his nose. But because he wasn't a doctor or a nurse, technically I the result count. was that it doesn't count. So he, he then posted that, and someone saw it and said, oh, he's, he's supposed to do his own test. So then he had to do another test, which means he had to stay in his hotel room. For another like four or five. Oh, hours. what a nightmare! So the person, exactly. the person that was doing the test, why did they let him take his own sample? It begs the question. You know what I mean? Well, if, if you was doing the sample and Derek Tazora said no, give it, I'm doing it. You know, what are you going to do, really? Well, that's a bad example asking me in it because I'm, I'm, I fear no man. <laughs> <laughs> but I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I'm sure you'd have just said, okay, Derek, do it yourself. So anyway, we've got um, we're going to have to talk about. We've got to have a talk about the fight, Usyk Chizora. We have to talk about it. We have to mention Usyk's names first. He's, he's, he's the bill. You know, he's, he's the guy that everyone's expecting to win. And I'd just like to correct you from yesterday because you said that I said that Derek Slim, Chizora has... Slim and Nuts and Slim's just left town. Are you going to try and retract listen, that statement? Listen, I'm not even retracting. There's nothing to retract. There's nothing to even retract because the, the statement was never made. Oh, it was so, a long... So, so do you think that... Derek actually does have a chance. Are you changing your mind now? Listen, you'd have to be stupid to think that somebody who punches like Derek Chisora, we've seen him time and time again. I mean, the, the Carlos Takam knockout, just for, just for one example. That was a hell of, of a fight. That was a hell of a fight. And it was under pressure as well for, for taking, many moments in that he fight. He taking some serious stick. Taking fight. more punishment than what I took in, in a few of my fights, sitting on the ropes in the corner, taking heavy shots. I never used to, uh, people said that I took a lot of shots, no. but I didn't sit there like, like Chisora. He was like, riding him, he was soaking like, him up. You look like Pernod Whitaker compared to what he looked in. No, I won't go that far, I won't go that far. But yeah, I know what you're saying. But yeah, and he turned it around and he got the knockout, and we've, we've seen what, it, we've seen it with him. What one overhand right? And that was yeah, when exactly. he was completely exhausted from getting battered. How about when he's in tip-top condition? How about when he's conditioned his body, conditioned his mind to focus on throwing specific sequences of punches that Usyk doesn't like? Right, listen. So you're, you're, you're telling me yeah. that the training's gone superb, which obviously... You're not going to say it's not, but you could be honest and oh, no. say that... His last, his, could... last three, his last the last three training camps I've done with yeah. Zora was the Dylan White 2 rematch. I, yeah. was very, I was very unhappy with it. But because the first fight went as well as it did do, I, I actually had Derek possibly... It was a very close fight. I had Derek yeah. making it by a round. Yeah, then okay. he had... Um, but he lost that fight. Sorry. So off the strength of him losing that fight in such a close fight, mm. I thought, going by what his 
existing training team was telling me about his fitness going into the second fight, that's what gave me the confidence that he would that he would win. And he was winning up until the point he got knocked out in the eleventh round. So I was unhappy with a lot of the way he did his training, his mindset, the fact he took way too many days off, the fact that he wasn't really pushing himself to the limit in every training session. He was cutting his sparring short. He wasn't really sparring the, the right people, in my opinion. Yeah, but I don't understand. Since that point, he's taken on board a lot more of what I, 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 I've requested, taken on board the training philosophies of you know, pushing his heart rate a lot higher than he has done in the past. Not not being a plodding heavyweight, training like you're a middleweight, yeah. clusters of punches, not one or two big shots. We're talking clusters of no less than four. He's, he's known really for being quite fit. He's fit for 12 rounds anyway. We've seen no, that no, time no, and no, time no, again. No, 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 no. Here's the thing that maybe the, the experts aren't aware of. Derek, you're right. He, you've seen him time and time again do 12 rounders. Does that mean you're 12 round fit? To, to fight for three minutes above those 12 rounds. Just because someone does... you could No, 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 of course round. not. You of could course do a 12-round fight today if you pace yourself correctly. You've got enough boxing know-how to get through 12 rounds and lose on points against probably anyone in the world right now. Yeah. But for you to be the type of fitness that you need to win these toe-to-toe -to -toe exchanges, you know what it takes, how hard you've got to push yourself. And there have been times in the past where you haven't quite... You've, you've been fit for the first fight with uh, George Groves. You was fit for 12 rounds. No, you wasn't. You, you, no. Didn't, you, you, wasn't you, was, you, you could do 12 rounds, but you didn't have that engine to keep... I was fit shooting. for the dancing I was doing on that dance show. I, I was yeah. quite good at the rumba and the cha-cha-cha. And that, that distracted me from my training for quite a bit. But I've seen Chisora. I've seen him go 12 rounds. I've seen him finish strong in fights. Um, how, about, you know, how about him now? Being the first fight with Dillian White was, was close, and that was a tough 12-rounder. And, and, um, and if you thought he had 12 rounds of action in then, how about when he's done three times as much sparring, got hit a tenth of the amount in his head through training camp, he's done three times as many conditioning sessions, and he's really, really pushing his lungs in every session where he didn't do before. You saw Derek Chisora fighting on an empty tank. And that's still impressive. How about when he's fully loaded? It makes yeah, well, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he could do now. He's, he's, you're saying he's like super fit, fitter than he's ever been, the best he's ever been. But, you know, with respect, David, you could, sell, you, you could sell snow to the, to the Eskimos. Let's be honest. I've been told yeah. today I could sell a doormat to a homeless man as well. <laughs> right, okay. So, and I'm not, I'm not going to discredit that in any way because you know you stop. You know what you're seeing and you've got inside. Right, tell me about Alexis Dimitriadis, if, if that's pronounced correctly. Yeah, you used him. Just, let me just stop you. Did you have him in your training just for the people that didn't know? He trained you for your fight against Chisora. Yes, he was in And he was working on some different, he was working yeah. on some different bits. Exactly. Tell me about that. When, when, I, when, I was, when I was training to fight Derek Chisora in 2012, um, I was fully aware that Derek is stronger than me. Fact. He can deadlift more than me. He can squat more than me. He can bench press more than me. He's just a bigger, stronger animal than me. So I didn't want that to be the case. I remember watching the way Evander Holyfield dealt with Mike Tyson. And what he did was, anytime they got into a clinch, for whatever reason, Holyfield was able to walk Tyson back, put him on his heels and walk him back to the ropes. Psychologically, that got into Mike Tyson's head and, and allowed him to believe Holyfield was stronger than him. And he was coming, he was the guy coming up from Cruiserweight. So theoretically, he was, Tyson was probably expecting Holyfield to try and box around him, but he didn't. He took it to him. So I thought, how can I do that? Uh, and uh, Alexis and all of the guys, Marius, his brother, and all the guys down at London Shoot Fighters, they come from a wrestling background, an MMA background. So there's a lot of clinch work, a lot of pummeling involved. So I got these guys involved to assist me in learning how the foot positioning, how to, you know, get, get your underhooks in and use it to your advantage, punching whilst in the clinch. There's so many different elements that I was unaware of that they made me aware of. And it allowed me to seriously take control of the fight with Derek Chisora, who was stronger than me. And if you rewatch that fight, anytime he came into a clinch, I pushed him back. Psychologically, it made Derek believe that I was stronger than I actually was which then allowed me to have that gap and have that room to land my longer range punches. So Yeah, I get that. I get I, that. I, I brought him in for that. It was very good, useful. He's also assisted me over the years 
um, with my sparring. I used to send him videos of my sparring if he wasn't there. And he used to, oh, I remember you always coming back with good feedback about footwork, about, about tactical side of things. These guys, are, they're fighting guys. They don't have a, they're not a box, come from a boxing background. They come from a fighting combat background. They train. So, so physically, okay. So, so physically, they're going to get Derek Chisora a bit more physically in, in terms of gra grappling and up close. But Chisora is already, though, Chisora is already bigger and stronger and heavier than Usyk. So in that department, he's, he's already got them advantages. No, he was, but he never used to use it. He was unaware. He never used to use his strength in fights. He didn't know how to. What he used to do is allow people to walk him back. And if you watch when he gets into clinches with people, he was getting pushed back. I was able to push him back. He was pushed him back in your fight, yeah. Yeah, he didn't know. How, he, did, he was unaware of how to use that strength. He was strong, but he didn't know how to use it. These yeah. guys have allowed him to develop a boxing technique and style to maximize his punching output to make sure when he punches, his head's coming off the line, that he's not up in the air, yeah. getting ready to get caught with the counter-attack. He has been getting counter-attacked in the past. So these guys, because they don't have a technical, a boxing background. You can't really check out their boxing credentials. But I've, yeah, okay, them, okay. I've used their okay. boxing credentials. And this will be the first time um, Alexis has been in a corner of a boxing match. But he understands. He understands boxing, he understands fighters, he understands rhythm and pace and how to structure... Right, okay, okay, so I've, I've got all that, I've got all that, I understand it. Um, Alexis, he knows his stuff, he's adding to Chisora's game, he's going to add to the, the... It sounds to me like it's going to be a bit of weight distribution, a little bit of grappling up close, he's going to be able to manoeuvre manoeuvre Usyk around the ring and make him tired rather than use too much of his own energy, sort of position him around the ring himself. So um, that's, that's going to be an advantage, but... Alexander Usyk, he's won everything as an amateur. 100%. He's undi undisputed king as a cruiserweight. He's now kind of, this is his second fight. I mean, Chaz Witherspoon, that win. Does that count as a, as a big win as heavyweight? In many people's eyes, probably not. No, but he's no. gone up, he's come up to heavyweight, he's dipped his toe in the water with Witherspoon. He's won that fight. And now he's in against the live. Somebody who we know is a, a fully-fledged head heavyweight who can go in with the best of them. You know, he comes up short. He comes up short. He's had a split decision loss of... Split decision loss against uh, Dillian White. He's been beat by Vitaly Klitschko. You know, there's been a Pulev. There's been a couple of losses in there where you think... I mean, the Pulev, the Pulev fight was close. It was close. Um, but, yeah, that was a bad loss in, in Monaco, actually. I was there commentating for that. But Chisora was not interested at all. Kind of a bit of a bad attitude. I actually had a word with Derek Chisora after that fight. He came over and looked at the scorecards. Me, Adam Smith and Darren Barker were scoring. And my scorecard had, had Chisora probably winning one or two rounds. And, and Derek was like, whose scorecard's that there? And I said, yeah, that's Darren Barker's scorecard. <laughs> <laughs> but it was actually my scorecard. So uh, I just didn't want the argument. So I did say to him, listen, you, you got beat. Person, you would have been the person letting him do his own swab. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I let, him, um, I let him think my scorecard was Darren, just for the sake of any... Um, altercations if you like but I spoke to Chisora I spoke to Derek and I said to him look mate you're a big strong heavyweight you've got ability you're going to end up wasting an opportunity if you don't think you can go in there and, and, and beat these top boys if you don't think you belong in the mix with the likes of Anthony Joshua and um, Tyson Fury and Dante Wilde you know, you know the big boys in the division you can at least think to yourself I've got a shot at these guys I can challenge these guys and maybe I could do something the least you're going to do He's earned a lot of money and give a lot of boxing fans some great fights. And I think from that conversation I had with him, that, that quick five-minute conversation after that fight he lost in Monaco, I, I do feel like he, he got a little bit inside his head and thought, you know what, Froch is right here. I listened to Froch. He's a world champ, retired world champ. I'll take that advice. And then obviously he's linked up with you. Now, it interests me how, you know, you gatecrashed the Klitschko press conference, post-fight press conference after, um, after Chisora's loss to Klitschko. And you, um, you punched him in the face, basically. Or, or, or was it a left elbow? Whatever it was, you two ended up having a scrap. And I can't understand. A, a tripod got picked up at some stage, well, a, a camera we tripod. Are, that and, we'll, that we'll, ended up around Adam Boob's head somehow. <laughs> did, you, did you mean to put that around Adam Boob's head? Uh, no, that was, it was an accident. Was that, that was an accident, okay. But how do you, what, what my question is, how do you, come, how do you get from, from there... To then fighting him, probably, what was it, six months later? A year, yeah. Probably six months later. Yeah. And, and knocking him out in the fight. To then 
to then working with him. How does that conversation go? Was it, was it immediately after the fight when, when the respect, the, the needle was lost and the respect was there from both of you? Is that, was it then, after you fought Chisora, that you two started to get along? Um, no, it, wasn't, it didn't work out quite like that. It, after the fight, it kind of squared things off. I think he felt uh, during that press conference, he got sucker punched. Some may say I did. You know, uh, it's, what I, it's what I refer to as a preemptive strike. Yeah, that's what, we, that's what we learn on the street. But yes, he yes. didn't like that shot, did he? Regardless. He it took it well, though, to be honest. He, he did that. I did actually think to myself, if I ever do fight him, it's, it's, it's going to be ample. It's going to take more than a flicky jab to keep him off. Yeah. More than yeah. a paint and a flicky jab. Which so, uh, definitely hard work on the cobbles. Definitely. Yeah, no. Yeah, but it's, never, it's not going to come to that. You two now get on. So following off of your fight, you had a good conversation. You're now working together. And but there was a you're... big gap. There was like a six-year gap between that. Right, okay. There was a six-year gap between our fight and when he hit me up and said, I need to have a meeting with you. I need to speak to you. Spoke to him. He said, uh, I want you to be my manager. Right, okay. So he came to you and asked you to manage him. So yeah. that was him looking for some guidance then yeah. in, the business, in the business side of boxing, but also... Also, the training setup because he kind of always wings it, doesn't he? In the training, he's got no real structure. Now he's got structure, and we've we've seen it. We've seen his improvements. We've seen him. You know, you look at his you look at his last his last three fights. You know, Spilka, I mean, Gashi, Spilka, and David Price. Yeah. You know that that's three good wins, three positives, two of them knockouts, and um, you know, when you're on that kind of momentum and you're on that winning streak, it builds confidence. We know he's jumping in with Usyk now. We know, we know what, you know, I think it's probably 85% of people that I speak to just in that Usyk's going to outbox him yeah. and maybe stop him late. And I can kind of see myself. I, I, could, I understand that. I could I see myself a late stoppage for Usyk. I'm not saying it's going to be a late stoppage. I can see yeah. that. I can see Usyk just... Yeah. I watched I Alexander Usyk yesterday against um, Joe Joyce on the WSB, which is, for people who don't know, it's kind of a bridge between amateur boxing and professional boxing. It's five three-minute rounds, no head guards, no vests. And I've never seen anybody deal with Joe Joyce in that manner, the way Usyk did. Usyk was kind of, he wasn't playing with him, that would be disrespectful to Joyce. But Joyce landed very little. He looked to be shook up a couple of times. I never see Joe Joyce, the juggernaut. He just marches forward with his cumbersome-looking shots. But he's really, really effective and he gets to everyone. I've seen him spar Anthony Joshua on numerous occasions up at the England squad in, um, at the IS in Sheffield. And, you know, I watched that yesterday and I just thought to myself, he's not, good. Yeah, he's, 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 not, he's not a small cruiserweight. And now he's in the heavyweight ago. division. That was a long yeah. time ago as well. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Of course it was. So he's, in, so he's improved immensely since that point. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we've, 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 discussed, we've discussed what you think. I'm not saying what I think. I know for a fact that Derek Chisora, if he catches anybody on the chin, including Alexander Usyk, he can knock how him out. The top of, how about on the top of the head? How do you mean? If he catches Usyk on the top of the head? He, he, he caught um, Karloff Takam on the top of the head. Yeah, well, he hit him and he got up at the camp and then the finish was, was I think, Takam, really. I mean, there's an argument that fight could have been stopped, but it had to go on. Yeah. And then he swallowed the right hand. Is that, was that the top of the head, that second right hand? Yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a couple of top of, the, top of the head shots. Derek Chisora doesn't have that pinpoint accuracy. He wings shots wide, mm. but those swipes are hard. The body yeah. shots, they're heavy. We've been getting five or six sparring partners per training session, per sparring session, two in, just complete. Each person does two rounds, and they're getting a thousand-pound bonus if they can knock him down. So these are live rounds. These guys are really coming at him, and he's got to have to win the rounds. Unlike the old days where he just does eight rounds of sparring, he's bashed up against the ropes. None of that. He's actually got to move his head, punch and move. And he's doing things consistently for the last six months now. For me, that, that will really make a difference in this fight. I really see Usyk being put in his uncomfort zone. De Derek will be hit with shots he doesn't know exist. Usyk is that guy, the southpaw. He can step round you. He can bring the shots up, bring them round. But Derek Dezora doesn't have a traditional style. He does his cross-arm defense, which isn't something you see in the amateurs. So Usyk yeah. hasn't had to deal with anybody of that type of style yet. All of the people Usyk have fought have been international amateurs themselves, world champions, amateurs, Brados, the Gasside, all the Olympic-style fighters moved into the professional game at the same time. And there's not much in it between them. 
But Derek Chisora just has a very, very different style that's very difficult to read. And all of the sparring partners came into camp believing Derek Chisora was going to get battered. They said, every single one of them said, yeah, we, when we heard the fight, we come in to help, but we thought, you know, Derek probably can't deal with me. Every single one of them at the end of the spa pulled into the side and said, oh, what do you think? They all said, I didn't know Derek could close the range like that. I didn't know he could, oh. I, I didn't know he, I, he's never done any of his fights. If he can replicate what he's been doing in sparring in this fight, and there's no reason he shouldn't, we've got ourselves a very, very interesting fight where Derek, where the Usyk may have to go soul searching. Usyk may not be able to just keep it on the outside and out box. He may force Usyk to have to go toe-to-toe to start winning the rounds. We saw Papachenko's son, Limachenko, have to really dig in in them late rounds. And it was against a guy who was naturally bigger than himself, Lopez. And we saw the pound-for-pound kingpin not able to deal with the size factor. This, I believe, is a similar type of deal. Obviously, uh, Derek isn't young, but the size factor, he's going to be 20 kilograms bigger than him. That's a lot of weight in boxing. They have weight categories for a reason. 20 kilos of a prime Derek Tazora willing to hit elbows, hips, back of head, neck, hit you in the throat. Anytime Usyk wants to finish, he's going to be in trouble. So Listen, you, without very, without very, a doubt, without a doubt, this is the first time that the Usyk is going to be in the ring with a with a proper heavyweight who's got experience, he has got abundance of experience at top level as well, and you know I think it would be it'd be stupid to think that that Chisora is not going to put Usyk in some kind of pressure or some kind of sticky points or put him in some position where he's not being an amateur or professional. He's going to have his back against the ropes. He's going to be pushed around and manhandled at times. And that's the interesting bit for me. How does, how does Usyk cope under pressure when he's being leaned on and punched around the side of the head and around the back of the ribs and, um, you know, sort of manhandled and mauled around the ring? Because he's, he's got so much weight and size advantage. Um, Chisora, well, not so much height, but the weight, the bulkiness of the weight Natural and that physical size. strength. Yeah, so, you know, Usyk's going to be definitely in a position he's probably never been in in his career. And that's what excites me with this fight. Seeing how Usyk responds to that and seeing how he deals with the, with the pressure of, a, of a, a proper heavyweight fighter like Chisora, who isn't coming here to... He's not coming here to lose or roll over. He's coming here with ambition and he's coming here with, you know, with his head, one, one eye on the future and potentially what's ahead for him. Because... This gives him a this gives him a ranking. This gives him a mandatory position for um, for Anthony Joshua. Is it the WBO? Is it be mandatory WBO. for? Yeah, exactly. So so WBO if he knows he's got that as a dangling carrot for him as well, mm. there's no reason for Derek Chisora to to leave anything in the changing rooms no. or to leave anything in the gym. He just leave every single ounce of what he's got in the ring, and that's what excites me about this fight. Yeah. Um, um, regardless of how you think the result's going to go. This cannot be a one-sided performance or a one-sided whooping from Alexander Usyk. It just wouldn't seem right. It wouldn't be fair to suggest that. But Usyk is that good. You can see why people are dismissing Chisora. But they need to think about the size, the weight, the attitude, the change in training with Chisora. And, you know, just just take all that into account when they're, when they're, um, when they're placing their bets or they're opening their mouth with their opinions. Um, like I said, I, I share the opinion of many people who think that Usyk's probably got too much skill and too much natural ability and too much class. But this is an amateur boxing. This is professional boxing. And it can get very dirty and very hurtful in there at times of amateur boxing. The referees let things go. They let low blows go. They let kidney punches go. They let back of the head slaps go and lean in and elbows in the face. You know, all these things can play a massive factor in this weight division. So I'm excited. I'm not writing off Alexander Usyk by no, no stretch of the imagination. Not Usyk, not Chisora. I'm not writing off Chisora. He's definitely in for a chance. I've got to say, Usyk's my favourite for the win. It has to be, as far as I'm concerned. You know, opinions are split down. No, not split 50-50. They're split 85-15, I think, in in Usyk's favour. But um, that's kind of irrelevant for Derek Chisora, and that's irrelevant for Team Chisora, which is you, because you've obviously got your beliefs. I saw saw a a betting company today giving 80-1 to odds on Derek Chisora to win the fight. Yeah, to me, that's, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. Saying, that's how confident the world is that Derek Chisora is going to lose this fight. 80 to 1. Yeah. It's crazy. If you've seen what yeah, I've seen mad. in training with these sparring partners, fresh sparring partners, 
for instance, he sparred, he, brought, he brought in Shayna Gashi, the guy that he wasn't able to stop and went 10 rounds with. Gashi, mm. two rounds is all it was taking. Two rounds. It was, yeah. uh, you know, he, it was, he significantly improved. And with 10-ounce gloves on, we got ourselves ahead of a fight. Derek Chisora said in an interview earlier, he understands he's going to have to eat some leather. He said, you really think I'm going to get through this fight and not eat some leather? He said, every single fight I've ever had, I've had to eat some leather. But I'm willing to eat. I've learned to love the taste of leather. But how is Usyk? How does Usyk like the taste of leather? Hasn't really had to take much in his lifetime. How about when I give him more than he's ever had to deal with? Yeah, yeah, very interesting. He's ever had. Very interesting. Someone who hasn't had to go to the well. If, they had, if there was a waterboarding competition, who could be waterboarded the longest? Who can suffer the longest? I keep saying it. Who could drown the longest out of him and use it? Derek Tazor has had so many blood and guts fights because he's just not been in condition. He's been fighting with an empty tank his whole career. We've now filled it up. He's got so much more defense, so much more offense. His footwork's there. He's doing all of the things that he was never been able to do. He doesn't need to take a minute and a half on the ropes to regather himself while taking punches like he did against Dylan White, like he did against Carlos Takam. He's finally in a position where he can fight for, for three minutes of, 12, of a 12-round contest. And it's very, very, very exciting. And um, I know you're going to be on the edge of your seat from the very first row. It's an intriguing fight. Very, very intriguing fight where the experts have it one way. You're an expert. I'm an expert. I'm sure if I weren't working with Derek Tazora, I'd, I'd see it exactly as you see it. I thought, um, you know, when I, I thought at one stage, Derek Tazora was completely washed up and finished. I really thought he, he, his days was gone. I'm talking a couple, two, three years back. I thought it was all done for him. After the Caballo fight in Monaco, I thought, ah, Derek Tazora, he's, he's got nothing. But the fact that he, 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 he put his pride to one side and the fact that he came to me and put his career in my hands, you know, I, I felt very, very responsible to make sure I give him all that he needs to do the very best in his career. You only have one yeah. career in life. You yeah, and I have been very, very fortunate that we were, we were switched on. We had a good infrastructure, a good team. Your nutrition was on point. Your heart rate. Am I right or wrong? Do you have notes on your training sessions from years ago? You've probably yeah, I've got probably... like thirteen diaries on on thirteen years of training sessions, all exactly. all Derek, documented. Derek, Derek doesn't have one note of any session he's ever done up until he started working for me. Now we've got. It's not the same for everyone. Done. Not not everybody likes that, but it is it's, it's definitely a benefit to keep. Yeah, it's worth. It yeah, keeping notes. Hundred percent. Someone professional yeah. logs everything because. If something goes great, you need to see why. And if something goes bad, you need to review it. Maybe next time, take out these sessions, add these sessions. You know, if you've got done with body yeah. shots, let's, let's add in some core. Let's see what core work we're doing. Let's see how many ab sessions we're doing. Let's up that. That's professionalism. Yeah. Derek Tazora has been yeah. constantly adapting with me over the last two years, working with different coaches, fine-tuning, from his physiotherapist to his nutritionist to his osteopath. You know, he's had Ruben Tabarez measuring every single potential uh, from his stretching to his strength. Everything's monitored. Everything's on a progression to this Saturday night. No, I'm going to kick in. I'm going to kick in because if I don't, if I don't kick in, are you there? Is your battery gone dead? No, you're still there. No, man, I'm still here. If I don't, if I don't step in, I'm never going to uh, give the fans that are writing in the comments and the people that have wrote in beforehand a chance to, to play part in this Insta Live. So, I need to take over and, and, and put a sock in it just for one minute, David. I hope you don't mind. Um, with the best respect, I mean, you can, you can talk, you can talk, and you talk well. Listen, I love listening to you. I can sit here and listen to you for hours. Whether, whether, whether I agree with all of it or not, it's fascinating. Uh, but, right, I'm going to start looking through the comments. I've had some, some people send in some comments. I might need to move a little bit, actually, because the lighting in here is quite bad. You look good to me, baby. I'll just go over here a minute. It gets... Let me get some light on here. Right, then. Does a prime David Hay beat Usyk? I think so. You think so? Well, you, I mean, you're going you're gonna to back yourself anyway, aren't you? I, I Let's think be the, the only heavy... The only That's from Charlie, Charlie Merson. Charlie Merson, by the way, asked the only, that one. Okay, Charlie Merson, I think the only cruiserweight I would feel I would be really, really, really worried about 
is Evander Holyfield. Because Evander Holyfield is made from different stuff. He's the real deal for a reason. That guy well, Evander Holyfield is arguably the best, the best cruiserweight transitioning to a heavyweight of all time because of what he achieved. I think he's the best cruiserweight of all time. Of all time. Just the, the best, best cruiserweight. Like, you, you, straight up best cruiserweight of all time. I, I think he's significantly better than me. I think he's what about Usyk, though? Usyk, you know, he's a pretty good cruiserweight. He's, he's definitely up there, Usyk. And you was up there as well. The undisputed, former undisputed heavyweight, sorry, cruiserweight, stepping up to heavyweight. I mean... Don't downplay yourself in that sense no, no, because, no, I'm you know... I'm not downplaying myself. I'm saying I, I'm a, I've always been a massive fan of, you know, in 19... In, it was 30 years a week ago where Evander Holyfield went up to heavyweight and fought Buster Douglas after Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson and knocked him out of one punch. For me, that's, yeah. the, that's the best cruiserweight ever. The one who can go up and beat a big man not just any big man, a big man who's just beaten Mike Tyson, knocks him out. And the fights with Riddick Bowe. The fights with oh, Riddick Bowe as well. Riddick Bowe. Oh, listen, he's had some absolute yeah. wars. He's tied the fights with Tyson, Mike Tyson. He's, he's, a, he's an absolute living legend. And, I'm uh, going to 100% totally agree with you. Um, Vander Holyfield. He, he had a bit longer, though. He had a longer time to develop into the heavyweights, actually, because he, he kind of vanished for a bit. And then when he came into the heavyweights, he was a bit younger than Usyk. Usyk's 33 now, stepping the heavyweight. Yeah, and then yeah. Evander Holyfield had time to transition and time to put the weight. Yeah. He went away, didn't he, and bulked up. Yeah. I don't know what, what meat he was when eating. You, when you say he bulked up, it was only like when he fought Riddick Bowe, he was only 205 pounds. Right, OK. Much. You know, I, no, I, was so it, pounds. I was 210 pounds when I fought Derek Tazora. He was, he was five pounds yeah. lighter than I was when I fought Tazora. Anyway, I said I'm going to give the fans, I said I'm going to give the fans something back here because they're tuning in, they're sticking with us. Um, right. Whether you think we're waffling or not, you know, we're talking sense. We know our stuff. The Haymaker and the Cobra here live on Instagram doing our thing, baby. I'm just going to read some of the comments that have been sent in beforehand and then we're going to scroll down this page here because... People write in thinking, I want, to get a, I want to get a little shout out. So let's give some of the fans a bit, a bit of a shout out. People that have gone and took the time to write in on the Insta story, first of all, I've got, I've got this bit of paper, man. I'm trying to read it because it's, it's very small. Right. Remember when you sold out when? We don't need to, we don't need to know about that. How many people was there, Carl? Yeah. We definitely did. Was it 75,000? I think Mr. Hayes having a bit of a push and pull. Does a prime, yeah, we've had that one. Who's the best fighter of all time? And why is his name Carl Frotch? Yeah, I like the sound of that. <laughs> when David, when David, when you beat Macrileni, Macrileni, that's how you yeah, pronounce it. Enzo Macrileni. I was in Spain when I watched that fight, and it was it was too quick. It was hard for me to get get Sky out in Spain, and I had it chewed in. I was sat there with my um with my my jug of sangria. Waiting for a nice eight, eight, ten round, and it, it just it was gone. The fight was over. Um, anyway, when you beat Macaulay, he was best of seen since Tyson for finishing a fight early. Okay, so he's, he's giving you a bit of cre credit there, saying that he was the best finisher. And to be fair, you was you was a a, a good finisher. You, hmm. Like myself, you see your man hurt, you taste the blood, close, whatever close you say, you've got that. You've got the instinct to get them out of there because you know anything can happen in the next round. You could get caught, you could get injured. And you don't need that. The Cobra takes Chisora's best shots and KOs him with the pinky finger. Yeah, I don't, you know, I doubt that. I'm, I'm going to have to proofread these before I read them out <laughs> first. Why is David Hayes such a big-headed... There's no need for that, is there? There's just no need for that. I'm not even going to... I'm not going to. I'm not going to write. I'm not going to give the shout outs to any names that, that start abusing, abusing the fans, abusing don't the fighters. The haters, uh, don't give the haters the oxygen. So, do you feel that Derek? This is the right time for Derek Chisora to fight Usyk at heavyweight because because Usyk, I think what he means by that, and this is I know what this he is means. this He's is right. Scott. I think it's a this is Scott. Time. What you don't, what you what I wouldn't want is for for, for Usyk to fight someone like a Carlos Takam. Someone who's like a bridge between um, Chad Witherspoon and Derek Shaw. I wouldn't want him to realise, bloody hell, I can't believe how much weight he put on me. I mean, good thing I would know. I, I want him to figure it out in round six or seven that he's got it all wrong. That the sparring partners he brought in weren't the right sparring partners. The amount of punishment he put himself in sparring wasn't adequate to be conditioned for the fight he's going to find himself in. I think this is the perfect time. It's been a perfect storm 
stars, moon, all aligning on the right night on Saturday night. I'm watching Usyk downstairs walking around. He's got an air of confidence like I've never seen. You know what I see? I see the confidence that I used to have when I was the undisputed champ, when I was walking yeah. around thinking, there's, no, I'm number one, the ring magazine belt, lineal champ, all that crap. Listen, you're very excited and you're full of energy, which, which, which I can feel and it excites me. I'm looking forward to Saturday for this fight. I really am. Usyk is downstairs walking around and he, I can feel his confidence and he just doesn't know what's coming. He doesn't know what it's like to be in a heavyweight. Chad Smith. Know. Chad Smith says that Usyk is too skillful, but if Derek Chisora catches Usyk, it could be lights out. Do you think that Usyk's lights could be switched off? Do you think he could be knocked out by a heavyweight blow I don't, I th I think from Chisora? Or do you think he'll take the shot? I think he'll take the shot. I think he's young, he's fresh. He hasn't got that many miles on the clock. He's a very, very experienced guy. He's been hit with big shots. Gastayev is a massive puncher. He caught him flush multiple times. So for me, Derek Chisora is going to need to hit him with multiple shots. One shot might stun him, might buckle his legs a bit. But Derek's going to then need to start working the body, working the back of the head, working the kidneys, working it, roughing him up inside. Get used King Zamba. King Zamba is saying it's a mistake that Usyk's turned heavyweight. He's gone up to heavyweight. He's saying it's a mistake. It could be, it could be the end of him. He, you know, he might not be ready for this heavyweight division. He's a top a cruiserweight. He's done, he's done everything as an amateur, but... There's you know. a reason why only two men in the history of the boxing have ever won cruiserweight titles and heavyweight titles, myself and Holyfield. We both had something that I'm unsure that Usyk has, and that's one-punch concussive knockout power. He hasn't shown me it yet. He may have it. He may have saved it for his heavyweight campaign, but at cruiserweight, his world title fights, rarely did he clean people out in one shot. You look at my fights with Mormek, took him out. Macronelli took him out. That's how I did my unification fights. That's where all my world title fights went. Usyk as a skill set, he's a slick set. He uses angles, he uses speed. Going, it works beautiful. Going back to you, STE broadly has asked, who's the best you have faced and who's the hardest hitter? So that, that question is to both of us. Who's the best you faced as a fighter? Do you think, in your opinion, who's the best you faced and who's hit you the hardest? Or the hardest hitter? The, the hardest hit I've taken was from a guy called um, Lalenga Mock. And I think it was in one of my early fights. You was, was a light heavyweight then? But yeah, seven, seven fight. I was, I, was, I was a cruiserweight. I was only 13 stone 7 or 13 stone 8. I was very small. And this little guy from the Congo... So you was cruiser in that fight against Lalenga Mock? I thought yeah, you did... Yeah, like, I'm, oh, no, I'm, you know what? You was light heavyweight amateur. Then you stepped yeah. up before, you know, after the World Championships. And then yeah, you stepped so was, in. The cruiserweight limit used to be 13 stone 7. And yeah. this fight was at 13 stone It went up 10 pounds to 14 stone 4 um, right before my fight against Carl Thompson. But when I fought this guy, Lengo, he was a light heavyweight. I, he actually fought a super middleweight a few times. So he was a really small guy. But he hit me with a double impact. Yeah, so I, I waited for him to move on. Yeah, yeah. He was a blubber hand. I remember saying, you remember mentioning to you about fighting him. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> about, it's like a giant Charles Adamas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one needs that in their life. They really don't need Adonis, that. Adonis Stevenson was at, was at super middleweight. Then he stepped up to light heavyweight. And um, that, that wasn't bad news for me, him stepping up to light heavyweight. Because yeah, he, he, could, he could bang again. a bit. It was Tony Belly who found out that, that he could bang as well. Because he, uh, he came unstuck. I mean, uh, it was a weight drain value. But still, he was on the end of some vicious shots. So I've gone through a few on these papers I've printed out. The reason I'm struggling to read these is because he's printed them out so small. And I think... I think with my age now, my, my eyes are going a little bit. I've got to hold the paper you like. You don't, you don't need five, glasses yet, do you? you five like, miles away. So let's have a look. I, I, yeah, I, I do have Hawkeye when I'm playing tennis because I need them with my older brother. Oh, the renovator yeah, joined we, us, we, by the way. We've got, we got, we got to get, your, um, get you in with Cassis. We've got to get you a match with Cassis. No, no, no. That's a mismatch. By my own admission, I've got no chance. I've seen him play. I've seen your son play tennis. I play with an 11-year-old, David Lloyd. And you know when you go and you think, I can beat this kid? And then you realise after about four serves that you've got no chance. <laughs> <laughs> I can play tennis right, at a club level. But when you're playing these, these, these professional children that, are, that play full-time as kids, it's, it's, different. it's a different game. It's not even the same what, sport. He does four hours a day, four or five hours a day. He, does. he goes to the tennis academy. So it's, yeah, uh, so. There you go. He's it won't be long before Rocco before Rocco's beating me at goal. Are you any good at table tennis? 
you know, we play table tennis all the time. Me and my older brother in my man shed. So it's very similar. To, I know it's yeah, table tennis. He, plays, he does. He's good at, good at table tennis as well. I can imagine he is because it's very similar. I play tennis and table tennis quite a lot. Me and my older brother have, have riots in the man cave at the back of my garden. Right, I'm going to look down some of these comments now on the on the on the list of going before before we wrap up. We've we've discussed we've discussed um, Usyk Chizora. We didn't talk about the rest of the card because we're only focusing on the on the main event. Um, I think we can summarise Sky Sports box office. That's right, live on Sky Sports box office this Saturday. You can catch me on. Um, what else is there to do? What else is there to do on Saturday night? You're not allowed to go to your friend's house. It's illegal. You're not allowed to go trick or treating. You can't go to the cinema. You can't go to a pub. You can't go to a bar. It leaves like the options. Uh, options are slim, but don't worry about it. We got so we, we got you. We got you a good night of entertainment, culminating exactly. in Derek Tazora's uh, Mission Impossible against uh, the Wiz, the pound for pound. Listen, if you love boxing, if you love boxing, you've got to watch this. If you're not a big boxing fan, this is still a fight for everybody else because this is. Um, this is a tasty dust-up because Usyk oh. is one of the best fighters to ever lace a glove up. And Chisora is a more than capable heavyweight against someone who's just stepping up to the heavyweight division. And this could be an upset. Because if, 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 Usyk, if Usyk gets beat, it's a massive upset. But I'll be, I'll be over the moon because our bell boy, Derek Chisora, is, is one of us. You know? he's, got, he's got a big following now in Britain. People are behind him. And people are writing him off. And when I say any kind of... Um, Honest negativity towards there. It's not negativity in terms of being negative. I'm just being honest. I think Usyk's probably going to be too good for him. You know, that's if I was going to be pushed off a cliff and I had to guess right, I would say, yeah, Usyk beats him somehow. Probably points, maybe late stoppage, but Usyk probably wins. But deep down, you'd be thinking, if Jazora lands one of them shots at any time in that in that 12 round fight, you know this fight could go either way. You really do. But the smart money, the smart money, I'm saying. Is on Alexander Usyk. I think it has to be. Totally see your argument. So we've we've ripped the arse out of that fight. We've we've um, we've discussed the ins and outs, the trainers, the tactics. You didn't let me speak for about ten minutes, but I've read a, <laughs> I've read a couple of the the, the pre quotes, um, the the questions that've been sent in. I'm now going to go down the list. I'm going to scroll down. So anybody watching now that's still with us, there's a few there still out there. Let's Dave have a look. Allen, strange, strange. Dave Allen's got a fight who's on the undercard against a guy called Lovejoy, who's twenty and zero. Which is interesting. Six foot seven, the guy. You know, nineteen fights, nineteen wins by way of the big knockout, the yeah, big KO. It's, it's an impressive record. No names stand out to me that I recognise. But, but no, but listen. About Wilder. Look at Wilder's early career. Similar, similar opposition, but he turned out to be a hell of a fighter. I think. I think the the opposition on on Lovejoy's um, record is is. Um, is exceptionally exceptionally poor. Let's let's be totally honest about that. But, you know, Dave Allen's still got to do a job against somebody who's not been beaten. Um, so it's, it's certainly one I'm going to be watching another, with interest. It's another, it's another interesting one, another heavyweight dust-up where one shot. Look what happened with Dylan White the other night. Just because, you know, you're, you're winning on points or you're up, you've got someone down. The heavyweight division, anything can happen. That's why I believe it's the most exciting division on the planet because rarely do you get someone getting battered, battered, and then just pull away one shot. Look at Derek Azor against Takam. Look at um, Alexander Povetkin and Dylan White. One shot is all it took, and it changed the whole outcome of the fight. People are getting excited about this, uh, this heavyweight extravaganza. So I'm thinking <laughs> at the moment with anticipation You're still going. for the first bell. You're still going. You're still going. If there was, a, if there was an off button, I would have pressed it by now. Just, just, to, just to silence you a minute. I promise the fans we're going to go through some of these... Um, some of these comments. Right, I'm going to start reading the comments now. I'm only going to read the sensible ones. Carl, come back and smash Groves up. Right, that's already been done. We don't need to be doing that, Graham. How would you have beaten Kawasaki, Carl? Right, how would I have beaten Kawasaki? I think I would have had to knock him out if, um, if that fight would have gone the distance with Joe Kawasaki. I've, I've got no, no bones about saying I would have probably lost on points. Kawasaki, fast hands, high work rate, super fit. But I thought Robin Reed did him. I've seen him hit the deck a few times off, off two old men as well. And I just think that I'd have had too much for him. I think I'd have caught him, but I wouldn't have been surprised if I'd have lost on points at the time. When he vacated his belt and I fought Pascal for the world title, I fought an absolute monster in Jean Pascal. Look what he went on to achieve. He, he beat Chad Dawson at light heavyweight. And, you know, he, he beat the man who beat the man. He's just great. I think he's still going now, Pascal. I think he's world champion. So 
He asking me if I could beat Calzaghe. Of course, I think I could beat Calzaghe. Where does Derek go after winning this fight? So I think we've said that you know he's going to be mandatory for the for the WBO. So maybe he gets a shot at Anthony Joshua, depending on what happens with AJ and Fury. What round would Derek win? Someone wants to lump a bet on what round? What round would you think Derek would win? If you had to guess a round for Derek to win, would you say it's got to be early or would you say it's got I'd to be late? Round, I'd say round eight. I'd say round eight, Usyk gets stopped. Either his corner froze in the towel, referee stops it. or yeah, So you, you think a, a stoppage can be forced by Chisora? Yeah. Not, not just a knockout. You don't think that Chisora can knock him out at any point in any I round? Can, I think he can do, but if you ask me if I had to put a bet down on it. All right, OK. Wilder, Wilder versus Big Baby Miller. We're going to go off the cuff a little bit here now. We're going to just, just rattle a few out. Wilder against... Is Big Baby Miller even, even like, relevant after, after his disgrace drug test? How many, how many times has he been popped? Yeah, we can't... Would David come back and fight the winner of AJ Fury? That's one fight I'd love to see. I'd just love to see what would have happened. You against Tyson Fury when it nearly happened, when, you, when your body kept breaking and falling apart. I don't know how many times I got excited about you, you at the prospect of fighting Fury. I think Fury is very tall and very rangy. And he's, he's quick on his feet. He's got fast hands. And he's, but he I don't know. You find, a, he you find a way to land shots. He, de he definitely wasn't the man... He is now back in 2013 when that fight was uh, scheduled. He definitely is a significant, he's significantly better now than he was yeah. back then. He was getting having life and death fights with Steve Cunningham, who's a light yeah, yeah, yeah. cruiserweight. So it's all about timing. It's all about timing, and at that that time when you was yeah, yeah when you, you was firing on all cylinders. If you, if you look at how Mayweather beat um, Canelo when Canelo was 23, a similar age of what Tyson was. But would that happen five, six years down the line? Timing is yeah. everything in this game. And that, for me, I think would have been the perfect timing. There's ever a time to get... Yeah, fair enough. How, play, been fair enough. I know what you're saying. How did Derek Chisora do in sparring against Tony Bellew? That, that's a measuring stick for this fight. It's a good question from uh, DJC. I, 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 I think it was pretty even. I, I wasn't there when they were sparring, but I've heard it was a pretty even spar. Really? But uh, sparring's hard to gauge. You've got a heavyweight in there against the, against the light, well, cruiserweight, light heavyweight yeah. cruiserweight. And, um, but, but it was quite an even hard. spar, was it? Derek never used to spar hard. Yeah, apparently so. Derek never used to spar hard. He was kind of an, he, he didn't take it that seriously. He wasn't really pushing the envelope every round. But we've changed that now. As I said, we put in five, six sparring partners per session. And telling them, I'm going to give you a thousand pounds if you can knock Derek down to try and knock him out. And Derek knows so, it. Yeah. He doesn't want that. And that money was coming out of his purse as well. So he doesn't want to oh, give okay. a thousand pounds and embarrass himself. So that's what happened. All right. Someone's asking if you have 100 quid in the bank now. If you had 100 quid in. If you, if you haven't, I'll end it. Yeah. Um, how much of that would you put on Chisora to win this fight? I think what that I means is. On a percent, on a percentage, you'd say hundred. So you're saying a hundred percent Chisora. That's basically what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. That's what. If I had a bet, okay. I'd put the money in. I'd think, for the odds that I'd get, think about it. I'm an odds man. I'm looking at yeah. eighty to one, eight zero to one for Derek. To yeah, win. but if you put all of your last hundred quid on, you're going to go skin. So you're you're basically saying you're hundred percent confident. Or, yeah, go on. Or I got significantly, or I got fucking eight grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dear, dear to be great, dear to win. Who do you think wins? So we've got the renovator on, on the case. Lee, Lee, the renovator for he's, he's tuned in. Is, is he and European, somebody has asked. Is he the European unlicensed champion? He's the, the EBF European and world champion. He, he came in the sport after, after being sober for four or five years. And he cleaned up. He's got all the belts. But he's got the frotch blood. He's got the jeans. He's got... Listen, just, being, just being in and around you is sort of rubbed off. He could, some, of, some, of the, some of the greatness has rubbed off on him. And, he's, and somebody, uh, yeah, I'll take some credit. Advice. I'll take some credit for that. Somebody's asking, who do you think wins? Who do you think wins? Lee Froch or Piers Morgan? Because they've been having a bit of beef have back really? and forth. I think Piers Morgan blocked me, actually. I called, I called Piers Morgan a few. Not, mainly, not unsavory things, but he, he said a few things. What was, what was his beef? What was the beef that he had? It's, it's, to be honest, it's not worth going into. It's no, Piers no, no. Morgan. What was, the, what was the topic, at least? You said what the topic was. Uh, I think the topic was COVID-19. Okay. And, and it, it just, and what was it just I don't know. Just, just... It's just very negative, and it? it's just all scary. Everything he says is negative. Always, you know, I just told him to cheer up and just tell people to um, 
just be a bit healthier, build up the immune system and go to the gym and, you know, eat, eat got, some quality I got, fruit and veg. I've got a message you know. here from Leo. Yeah, go on. Leo Heath, Leo Heath Whitaker said, what weight were Derek's sparring partners? Um, and they were, they were between cruiserweights and heavyweights. We had multiple uh, cruiserweights and heavyweights. Um, so probably between uh, 14 stone four and 17, 18 stone. So um, he, had, he had multi, he had different guys, quicker guys, faster guys, lots of all southpaws. He had some international amateurs. Um, so it was, it was nice. It was good to see him working with a, a, an array of different fighters with different styles. You know, mo most of them were southpaws. And he, and he became very comfortable in the uncomfort zone of a southpaw coming at him, throwing quick sharp, quick, crisp punches. And uh, he adapted and uh, he's definitely comfortable fighting guys in the southpaw stance, which he never used to be. Jordan, okay, Jordan Hodgson has just asked if, if, if you and I have ever sparred and how did it go? Now, I don't know if you've got any accounts of me and you sparring, but my only recollection of me and you sparring is, is you trying to throw an uppercut on what you used to call the beak, my <laughs> old, which was my old nose. And you used to land it on quite a regular basis. You was too tall, you were too rangy, and you was too fast for me. Even though you was heavier than me, you was too quick. And um, I don't even think I had my moments in sparring. I did, I did try and get on you, and I think I tried to bite you at some stage. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it was, it was one-sided. When, when David Hay was, and I'm not stroking his ego here, I'm not just giving him a jail, but when Hay was a light heavyweight amateur, the sparring I used to watch, I was mesmerised. I was very, very impressed. When I first went down to the Crystal Palace back in 1999 or year two, probably 1999 after winning the ABAs at, at, at middleweight, um, I first met David Hay and thought, who's this guy here doing this low arms and the Nassim Hamid type style and his reflex? Because I was into all that. I love Nassim Hamid. And he was 18 years old. And I think I'm, I, was, I must have been 22. How old are you now? I'm 43. You're 40 now, aren't you? I'm 40, yeah. So you're three years. So I must have been 21, 22 years old. And I couldn't believe you was 18 because you've got this goatee beard and the braids in. And you were just destroying everyone. And um, yeah, when we, we became mates straight away, didn't we? It was yeah, like yeah, yeah. our styles made us both intrigued about each other. And then we just got on from day one. So we've been friends. But that didn't matter when, when Ian Irwin used to chuck me in your inspiring because... You used to beat me up, to be honest. I don't even know why I'm your friend, actually. So, yeah, to answer your question, the sparring wasn't, wasn't pretty for, for me when I sparred David Hay. He was too big and too strong and too ranger. Prime Hay versus a prime Bellew. Do we even want to go there? No. No, I don't want to go there. Because a, a, prime, a prime me was a cruiserweight and the prime Bellew was probably a light heavyweight. I mean, you know, in yeah. his prime years, yeah, he true. was naturally a lot smaller than me. And all you could yeah, even say a good my, prime year, my, my prime years was maybe between my cruise campaign. And I had four fights. I had Mormek, <laughs> Macronelli, both four world title fights. I had Monty Barrett, which was the top 10 heavyweight. Then I had uh, Nikolai Valuev. So in four fights, I fought an array of people. And I was in very, very... That was those fights, I was in my peak and my prime. So I definitely think that was my prime. And that my prime is between 14 stone four and probably 16 stone. So my prime was a lot bigger than, uh, than, uh, and, um, you know, the fact that Tony Belly was able to come up in weight uh, above his natural weight of probably cruiser weight and yeah. give me as many problems as they did, even though I, I, even though I wasn't in my prime shows that I think he's got a type of style. It always had, it always have given people issues. Because he's he's smart, particularly when he started working with Dave Caldwell, he he could formulate a plan to give anyone anyone a hard night's work. Yeah, fair enough. Love you, David. Look, Best look boxer what, ever. Look, look what, look what Please shout out. Look what M Salmon. Yeah, go on, go on. Say that again. I say, look what Belly did to Usyk. You know, Belly was way past his prime when he fought Usyk. Training camp injuries consistently, and even right at the end of his career, he was still up on the cards, you know, after five or six rounds of Usyk, who was considered by lots of people as one of the best cruiserweights ever. So that showed his pedigree then, that even in his twilight years, he was able to win rounds against the best guy in the world at that time at cruiserweight, who was in their prime and who wasn't with his. So I think people need to factor all of that into when, when they say who wins what. 
Yeah, I know. People are going to look at the result of the Usyk fight against Bellew and just say none of that mattered. But you're right, yeah. he was in the fight, very much in the fight early on. He was, he was outboxing him at times and a lot of people were very surprised. Someone just put Tony Bellew didn't, did do very well against Usyk early on and he did. He was doing very well. Who wins, um, Joe Gallagher or Eddie Hearn? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, mean, uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. That'd be quite fun. Depends what, depends what, 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 um, what event, what events they'll be doing. Someone just called me a hot biscuit, and I don't know what that means, but there's a there's a love heart emoji there, so it must must be a take good it, thing. You ever been called? It's a good thing. You I ever been called a hot biscuit? biscuit? No, no, no. If you could relive one moment, stopping Jermaine Taylor or blitzing Lucian Butte, oh, that's a good question. It's a great question. Stopping Jermaine Taylor in the last row, the dying seconds of the last round on the first that, world title that, defense that, out in that, Connecticut. Taylor is definitely Taylor for sure. That for me. Yeah, I, but what about Butte? I, what about the? I, the, the I lost to Andre Ward, then I fought Butte in my first fight back on English soil and won the IBF title. So which? What's better? They're, they're, they're equally as good and equally as memorable, actually. I like the Taylor one. The Taylor one showed something that many people can't do: the comeback from behind victory. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose the Lucian Butte was too one-sided. Didn't, didn't you get decked? Didn't you get decked by Taylor? Round three for the first time in my career. Go the only down. time I'd been decked before that was you in sparring, but you legged me up because <laughs> I was running. I was running and you tripped me up. Do you remember that? I was I backing up, running. I went southpaw and did it. <laughs> so, so yeah the, the Jermaine Taylor one you're right David Hayes asked, answered that for you on my behalf uh, definitely Jermaine Taylor I think thoughts on the um... Jermaine Taylor beat Hopkins twice ain't no joke that shows yeah Jermaine Taylor was, was Jermaine Taylor was undisputed middleweight yeah. under, undisputed middleweight champion before he just beat Jeff Lacey before he stepped up to um, super middle beat Jeff Lacey then he took on the Cobra um, Carl Yorwals with Kessler Brook versus Crawford what do you think Kyle Brook Terence Crawford I think every, I think every fighter has an opportunity for greatness this is yeah. Kel's one when he's past his prime when, when Evander Holyfield beat Mike Tyson no one gave Holyfield mm. a, a, a shot in hell so many people write people off from time to time and the old boy I remember Shane Mosey and Margarita everyone said Margarita was going to bash him up no sugar shame Mosey rose to the occasion. Every so often, a fighter of old who's passed his prime on paper rewinds the clock and does the unthinkable. I'm just hoping Kel Brook has got it all together and is going to go out there and give it one last hurrah and, uh, and bring it home. Because not many people are giving him a shot in hell. You know, it'd be nice um, to see Kel Brook win that yeah, fight. I, yeah, I, had a brief, I had a brief chat with him the other day, uh, just, just over message, because he'd, he'd heard something that I'd said about him him, it, it wasn't really nice, really, but I kind of said he, he's, he's cashing out fighting Crawford, going out there at the end of his career. He's cashing out, which would you indicate... Can't cash, you can't cash out during the COVID lockdown. The money's not there to cash out. Yeah, true, true, he's true. But he's, he's going out there and it's a big fight. On, um, is it on ESPN or Top Rank? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I think it's promoted by Top Rank. But just, just the situation with Eddie Hearn and, and how that's unfolded, it's pointless even commenting on that because it, it's none of my business and I don't, I don't actually know what's gone off. Yeah. But I do wish Kelbrook all the very best in that Everybody fight against does. Crawford. Everybody of course, does. we're behind Everybody him. Does. The whole of Britain are behind him. You know, he's, he's been a great ambassador. The fact he jumped up there at middleweight and really gave Triple G yeah, yeah, yeah. an absolute tough night's work. People forget, although he may have lost the fight, he had a ruptured eye socket and he was still giving it. He still went... When he's, oh, that, for me, was all I needed to know about Kelbrook. The fact he went up two weight divisions and really had a good go. He landed some big shots on Triple G and he wasn't scared. I was like, any, ever since then, I was like, I'll give this guy the benefit of the doubt 100% every time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I second that as well. I'm just, what, what do you reckon? What, how long have we been on? It feels like an hour and we've still got the... It's bang on. I think we've given the fans enough. Too much of anything. We can't do it. We can't overexpose ourselves here. Yeah, we can't, we can't keep solid, going. A solid, a solid hour's fair. That's a, that's what, fair. What time is it out there? What time is it? Hopkins. There's a couple of interesting ones there. Hopkins versus Ward. Who wins? Hopkins versus Ward. Donald Hopkins think, versus well, Andre think, Ward. Well, think, well, that's the rest of the tough one. I'm not sure if it would be the most entertaining fight. No, because Hopkins knows how to, how to spoil, and we know that Ward is just a spoiler. So it's, it's a tough one. Um, what about a prime? What about um, Mike Tyson against Tyson Fury? I mean, that's a. Someone's asked that. Tyson Fury is so tall and rangy, and Mike Tyson's just. 
I've watched quite a lot of Mike Tyson lately on some of the some of the um, because of the promotion for for for, yeah. for Tyson and um, Roy Jones Jr. and some of the stuff I've seen on Mike Tyson, you some that? of the stuff you, you forget that? about. How do you see Tyson um, Roy Jones Jr.? How do you see that one going? Um, to be honest, it's it's so difficult because Tyson's still Tyson. I know he's probably got two rounds in him. But Roy Jones is, is so skillful and, and, and quick, but the reflexes go when you get older and he's not going to have that. We've seen it when he was against Calzaghe. It was like 50% of his, of his prime side. Would you say he was 50% when he fought Calzaghe? I'm not just digging Calzaghe out here, but a prime Roy Jones Jr. He never used to lose one second of any round, let alone lose a round. He just used to be phenomenal. I used to watch him, and I know you did as well, watch him with disbelief. It was, it was mesmerizing, Roy Jones Jr. Yeah, it was the, it was the uh, oracle. Yeah, I mean, th- th- there's an argument that it was it was one of the the most skillful and and fast, athletically and, gifted, like yeah, uh, like of all time. Yeah, but he killed he killed it he killed it at the end of his career. Unfortunately, it went on for too long, and people have got the tainted it. And you know, the, I don't think the Kawasaki win does a great deal for Kawasaki because um, Roy Jones, the Hopkins win for Kawasaki was good because Hopkins went on and d- did a few things after that, but. Um, the Roy Jones, the Roy Jones was gone. I don't know. I don't know what to say about Tyson Roy Jones now. I just think that how many, it's not going to be pretty. How many explosive bursts per round do you think a 55-year-old Mike Tyson has now after all the ganja that's been consumed? Probably, for years? <laughs> Probably doesn't one. He have, doesn't, he have a, doesn't he have a whole farm? Doesn't he have a ganja farm? <laughs> yeah, he farms. He farms that stuff. He, he certainly does. I think he's doing well out of it as well. So I'd, I'd love I to get... I this. His lungs ain't doing that well out of it. I'll tell you that. No, exactly. Listen, I've got, I've got a podcast called Frotch on Fighting. A little plug there, as you know. We're gonna, are we going to get on that tomorrow, actually? Ain't this it? We've got nothing to talk about, have we, tomorrow? Yeah, I know. We just, we just maxed out right now. We just I've, got the, I've got the producers lined up. I've got the producers lined up. You can't be pulling out on Frotch on Fighting. <laughs> <laughs> that's out of, that's out of order. Like, In fact... Like, we'll have some fun. We'll have some fun. We'll have a chat um, about that. But, um, yeah, is there anything, anything you want to add before, before we wrap? Prince Nassim Hamid um, was the best. I used to like Prince Nassim Hamid. Should love, Lennox love, Lewis be up for the greatest heavyweight of all time? Lennox Lewis, the greatest heavyweight of all You could just keep going on this all night. Haymaker needs to come out of retirement. No, you don't. No, I don't. Who's got the best chin in the game? Carl Froch, obviously. Do you, feel, do you feel over the years your chin... Got better or worse? I could feel the shots a little bit more late on. And I'm not just talking about in the fights, talking about sparring. I was thinking, oh, what was that little, what was that little uncontrollable spasm in the right leg? Yeah, but I think that's largely because you get hit with shots that you don't see coming as quick when you get older because your reflexes slow down. So yeah. it's arguable that my chin was solid, solid when I was younger, but a lot of the shots that hit me, you kind of see them and you're half Crazy. riding. Yeah. And when, when you get older, your reflexes slow. You have to get your gloves up a bit. And um, them, them shots really do press what you, did, what you did, what I definitely felt, felt you did was you, because you do have a great chin, had a great chin or whatever, you did rely on it where you stopped having any real consideration for what was coming your way sometimes and end up walking. For instance, the, your, the, your, for instance when you fought uh, Groves the first time around, there was no real consideration for he, what he was bringing. No, you exactly. Just thought, you just thought, my chin's great and oh, I can just deal with this. And you ended up walking onto one like I've never seen that ever happen to you before because normally you're always, you're always worrying about getting your beak fucking snapped. And, yeah. this, and, 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 and I've, I've had the same thing where you get so confident you forget about what's coming your way because you're too yeah. worried about what you're going to do to them. And, yeah, uh, because of the sparring I had with Groves, because of the spine I'd had, and even though it wasn't one side of the spine, the spine was always competitive. George Groves always, always gave me a good spar. But because I'd done him a couple of times in spine, when I say done him, just like a couple of flash knockdowns and yeah. a couple of shots where I hit him and thought, why did that hurt him? I've got an 18-ounce like, rival glove on, which is a bit like a cushion, and he's got a head guard on. Why, is it, why did his legs dip, and why did, he sit on the, why did he sit on the bottom row? That told me that when I've got them little 10-ounce killers on, because them 10-ounce gloves are just naughty, aren't they? They're just like... But it doesn't always equate like that. Well, that made me think, all I've got to do is land a shot, but you forget that he's full of adrenaline and it's fight well, night. And also, and also what you got to remember is, 
you've hit him with that shot. So he know now he now knows what shot you've got. So he's now preparing for that shot. And he's aware of how hard you hit. So he doesn't want to get hit by that. You're thinking, I've hit him with that. Don't worry about it. I've got this guy. So it's, sometimes it can be a beneficial. Sometimes it can be a hindrance by having success against someone inspiring if you're going to fight them. Because it can give you a false confidence about how the fight will pan out. Because sparring, as you, as you well know, is very different to fighting. As you said, 10 ounce gloves on, referee letting the action flow, the adrenaline. So many more factors uh, to, to add into the pot. Yeah, um, yeah, you can... You need to be switched on and you need to give your opponent the full amount, maximum respect maximum. before you step in them ropes. doesn't matter who it is. If you're going in with a journeyman early on in your career, you can't think to yourself, I'm, I'm, fighting, um, I'm fighting William Webster here and he's, he's lost 100 fights and only won three because, you know, if he hits you with a shot with them little gloves and you don't see it coming, you could get Lalanda mocked. You could get Lalanda mocked. You, yeah, exactly. Someone says, David, don't so, stop. Put your ass, I don't stop. That's what we're here for. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to wrap it up now. So I just want to say a big thank you to the fans for tuning in. Thanks for all the Good questions. Night. It's been a good insight. We might do it again. We might be getting David the Haymaker hey, on. Froch on fighting tomorrow to talk about the fight again on the weekend coming up. Um, Alexander Usyk, Derek Chisora. It's just going to be... It's just interesting. It's an interesting fight. Everyone's and, um, got an opinion. Everyone's got an opinion. Exactly. But thanks for tuning in. Thanks, David. And um, we'll all catch up very soon. Take it easy, peeps. Bye. Don't have nightmares. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt.